0: Amen. Amen. May God bless all of you. If you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Oyala, and I welcome all of you, those of you who are on site, and those of you who are joining us online. Well, there's a two, I have a, a, a mix of emotions here. I am I'm so excited, but I'm also sad. Sad because this is our last week of this sermon series, and I'm gonna miss that walk-up music. <laughs> You know, it's a little catchy phrase I don't know what it is but I'm so excited we uh, again we're so thankful and I thank you for your prayers thank you for your support thank you for all the things that you have done uh, for me our staff and our church as we have come together uh, as you already know if you don't know uh, we are completing this series that's titled "Elephant in the Church," and it's based out of topics that congregation sent me before uh, a couple months ago, before I went on my spiritual retreat, and say, "Hey, can, can these are the topics that we're thinking about, and uh, what's going on? Is it possible that the church can preach about them?" So uh, again, just five weeks, and this is the, the result of it. And uh, so we did uh, cancel culture. We spoke about racism. We spoke about is Jesus the only way to heaven? Last week we spoke about abortion so if you have missed any of those i pray that you can go back to our facebook or through our youtube channel and you can do a playback option to listen to the messages and so today you know uh, last but not least is the topic of that people were asking for was what's the church doing regarding the equality act so before i go into it let me just pause for a word of prayer Loving and gracious God, we come before your presence, and I know that we've given all of ourselves in singing and giving to you, God, and now as we gave, Lord, let us give our hearts and our minds and our ears to uh, receive your word today. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, family and friends, this is a very difficult topic to speak about because we know that in God's eye, we are all equal, but in reality, from the world's perspective, we are not. Our talents and our gifts differ. There are those who are engineers, those who are brain surgeons, others who are great with technology, and others who aren't. I'm not not pointing out to Pastor Gil. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There are are those who are book smart, and there are those who are quote-unquote street smart. There are those who can hear what, uh, they can just hear what needs to be done and they get it. And while others uh, succeed more in hands-on opportunities and hands-on approach. Some need the directions how to build things, while others says, who needs a manual? (laughs) Some people are tall and some others are what they considered average in height. There are those who play professional sports and others who play just for fun. For example, there are those who are professional baseball players who can hit a 95 mile per hour fastball. And then you got people like me, that uh, pre-COVID I went to a batting cage and there's actually levels of speed. And I said, I'm going all the way to the top. (laughs) And so I got my helmet on, I got my bat, and I put that token in, and it says, you know, to just get in the batting stage and and stance, and here I am, and and the light goes on, and the only thing I hear is... (laughs) Did I miss something? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, forget We got different abilities, different uh, gifts. So those are just examples that we are not equal, and although we are different, the hope is that we are all treated equally. Now that's where we find ourselves today. As we discuss the H.R. 5, which is also considered the Equality Act. Just by the name, your best guess is that it has to do with the equality of all individuals. The Civil Rights Act of nineteen sixty four prohibits discrimination of the basis of race, color, religion, sex, or national origin. It prohibits discrimination in the hiring or promoting or firing as well as public accommodations and federally funded programs. The HR five, the Equality Act, expands to the protections of the Civil Rights Act to include sexual orientation and gender identity. This means that it would forbid discrimination in the hiring, the promoting, the firing, and the public accommodations and federally funded programs to the LGBTQ plus individuals. So that, for example, it would be illegal to fire someone because they are gay or transgender. If that's all that it included, most people would agree with it. However, critics to this bill say that there's other underlying factors within the bill, similar to the fine small print when you're dealing with contracts that sometimes you have to get lawyers to read. Now, critics believe that the Equality Act, if it were to pass Section 1557, Discrimination non-discrimination regulations could be used against providers who refuse to perform abortions or against hospitals that receive federally funding and, um, and do not provide abortions. If the bill were to pass, the law could certainly be interpreted to allow biological males to identify as transgender female be accepted in female sports. Now, an article by, by uh, Chelsea Mitchell mentioned that two biological males have won 15 Connecticut Women's Track Championships, titles held by nine different girls in 2016. She continues on saying, if the Equality Act is passed, it would make what happened in Connecticut a nationwide reality. She says that it's it's a scientific fact that there are significant differences between males and females. Males have more muscle mass, greater bone size, and even greater heart and lung capacity, which makes comparably gifted and trained males stronger and faster. Now, Title IX was created to provide women and girls with equal educational and athletic opportunities, but forcing female athletes to compete against biological males strips away both of these things. She says, every boy on the podium means one fewer girl on the podium. And girls aren't losing, the, aren't losing the opportunity to win and the life lessons of fair competition, but opportunities to earn college scholarships and launch their own athletic careers beyond high school. On May 1st of this year, Caitlyn Jenner, the former uh, Olympic champion and reality TV personality, now running for the California governor, said that she opposes transgender girls competing in girls' sports at school. She added, it's a question of fairness. That's why I oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girls' sports in school. It just isn't fair. And we have to protect girls' sports on our schools. Just a week ago in Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill banning transgender girls and women from playing in public school teams intended for athletes assigned a female at birth. Under the bill, a transgender student athlete would have to affirm her biological sex by supplying proofs such as a birth certificate. The bill would also allow another student to sue if a school allows a transgender girl or woman to play on a team intended for a biological females. Now, critics also say that it is a dangerous attack on religious freedom and free speech. The Equality Act, the critics say, also includes provisions not included in the original Civil Rights Act. To deal with recent court cases, the Equality Act specifically forbids using religious beliefs as a protection against against following the law. This means, for example, if a baker does not want to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple, he cannot use his religious faith as a reason for failing to comply with the law. Or if a church, a synagogue, or mosque rents out space in its facility, it will be forced to host events that, based on religious beliefs, it considers immoral. When religious faith comes in conflict with the Equality Act, the Act takes precedence because they would not be they would not be using the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in their defense. There's so much more information on this Equality Act, the HR5, that I didn't mention here. If this topic interests you, you have the uh, free access to the World Wide Web uh, by searching the Internet. Let me share with you an example of what the critics are concerned about. And I actually spoke about this uh, last week in this, uh, references, in the scripture references. For example, uh, the slide that says, you know, God created us in his image. Again, this is part of what the critics are saying that uh, some churches may not be able uh, to. But that's to say, right now it's a bill that hasn't been passed into law yet. In Genesis chapter uh, 1, verses 26 to 28, it says... Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along their ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. When God creates, there are no mistakes. We should not be overly concerned about our shortcomings. God designed us and made us exactly the way he wants us to be. Or to say this, we are designed by God. I read this passage last week also, Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Again, would those two examples come into question if the Equality Act becomes a law? Now, most of us know someone, or maybe even have a family member who is living uh, in the uh, LGBTQ plus lifestyle. We would not want them to be arbitrarily and unfairly fired from any job. I want to take a moment to share with you three C's. The first C is the concern. The concern is that the Equality Act is not just equal pay for equal jobs. The concern from the church is that it tends to be not liking what the Bible says and wanting to change it at all costs. The concern is being forced to go against what the Word of God says. The love of God, His forgiveness, His peace, His mercy, His grace... And so much more were never to be seen as an obligation for anyone to accept. But quite the contrary, it was and still is in the form of an invitation. The second one is the cause. The world does not know God, nor do they know, uh, care to know him. Even though he has revealed himself to them, they will continue to practice ungodliness And the danger in this for Christians is this. The bad has become good because worse came along. And instead of looking and listening to the directions of God's word, we lean into the culture that continues to ignore him. When we live as the ungodly and begin to accept the ways instead of the ways of God. Remember that we are all different. But what makes us the same, the equality, is that we are all sinners who need God's mercy each and every day. There's no reason for us to be comparing ourselves to others and judge as if it's a, you know, instead of a thermometer, a sinometer of different levels. One sin is not greater than the other, sin is sin. It reminds me of the time that Jesus was. Uh, Speaking, And then an adulterous woman was caught in the act and was brought uh, in front of him. And and they said, what do you say about this? He knelt down and and they wanted to see what Jesus was going to say. And in John chapter 8, verse 7, he said they kept on demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And surely enough, if you know the story, the woman got to live. And then Jesus uh, told her, you know, where are your accusers? And she looked up and there weren't any. And it says, go and sin no more. Just like the song I was talking about here, about being born again, it is so important for us to go before the presence of the Almighty God to present ourselves to repent of our sins in anything that we've done, with, you know, gossiping, of, of backstabbing, whatever it may be, to go before the presence of God and ask for forgiveness, that we can be cleansed. You know, there have been times throughout my pastoral ministry when people reach out to me, they asking to meet or to sit down or have a meal. There are times I've gone into the restaurants, and, and the conversation leads into saying, Pastor, I'm, I'm homosexual, I'm a lesbian, I'm gay, and things, and I'm not, too, I'm not concerned with what people are saying. Why is Pastor Ricky sitting with this individual, for example? I can imagine what Jesus had to go through when he was out with those who are marginalized and the outcasts and what people were saying. Jesus didn't really care. So here I am, I'm listening to the conversations, the struggles that the individual has, and uh, feeling that there's no love for them. And towards the end, you know, on there, you know, we pray together. I pray with the individual. And then I also invite them to church. Because let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, if the church is not available for everyone, we have an issue. Amen. We have an issue. Amen. I invite them to come to church, but they also know that when they're coming to church, I'm not going to shy away from the Word of God. But I do can let them know that we're all sinners, that we all need God's grace, that we all need His forgiveness. And one sin is not greater than another, And so when they come together, it's so awesome to be able to be part of a church that can come together and put everything else aside because our main focus is to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is not about the politics. It is not about whether we agree or disagree with somebody. We put everything else aside. And I pray that if any time you come into the church, that you are just giving yourself because in giving, you're able to open up yourself and to receive the blessing. It's so awesome that we are able to open up again and have people worshiping freely but also knowing that in the midst of even this week, even this morning, something that you have dealt with, something that somebody else has, has dealt with, that that has been put aside because our main focus is to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this leads me into the final C. I'm going to ask the musicians to come up. It's the Cure. The cure is not to condemn those who live in ungodliness. Rather, live in holiness and righteousness. Then the world will see the difference. The cure does not mean we go along with the sin and give approval, but stand for truth and godliness. The cure is to continue to proclaim the name of Jesus without compromise. The word of God is packed with things that we would rather do without. We may rather read that we are the righteousness of God through Christ than our righteousness are like filthy rags. To come to know God, it is to come to know his word. We can try to change it. And many times we know if we're honest with each other, we can say we have tried to change the Word of God. But the Word of God is the same yesterday, it's the same today, and guess what? It will be tomorrow. So instead of trying to change who God is, how about changing who we are for Him? How do we extinguish the darkness? How do we extinguish the sin? In our lives with light. With light that Jesus says, I am the light. We show the light by loving God and loving our neighbor. In Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, you know, I'm going to read here a moment. Matthew 22. Thirty-seven through 39 Jesus said you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind this is the first and greatest commandment the second is equally can you say equally the second is equally important to love your neighbor as yourself Ladies and gentlemen, throughout this series, I have tackled tough topics. I got to be honest, this is the series that we have spent more time in research than any other series since I've been here. But I pray that you have been blessed that you can tell the difference of the information that's being that let it be thought provoking, let it have good conversations with brothers and sisters and others who are hurting. Because you know what? It's a possibility that those individuals who are uh, uh, thinking uh, or, or, or just wanting to say, you know what? I am who I am. like, But also families who are also affected by decisions. The series included, again, cancel culture, <laughs> dealt with abortion, dealt with racism. In all those situations, it was mentioned that all lives have value. The reality is that we are not equal in our abilities, but in the sight of God, we are equal in value. Jesus gave his life on the cross for everyone. We as Christians or in a crash course with our culture. It is going to take Christian people on our knees praying for ourselves, praying for our country and the world. Let us ask the Lord to give us the courage to stand for what is equally right and to live in the power of his precious Holy Spirit. Let us pray. God, you are the creator of heaven and earth. You made us in your image. And that you knew us before we were even born. All of us have the free will to make decisions. But we know that not all of our decisions have pleased you. There have been times when we misrepresented the Christ living in us. There have been times when we allow the culture to infiltrate our beliefs, which cause us to hate rather than love. In challenging times like these, let us ask the question, what would Jesus do? Let us be reminded that Jesus spent time with the outcast and marginalized. He ate with them, talked with them, and walked with them. Then he would say things like, Go and sin no more. The same Jesus also said, To love thy neighbor. Love doesn't mean that we agree with everything another person does or says. Therefore, Lord Jesus, help us to love our neighbor even when we disagree on a topic or their lifestyle. We add this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today I spoke about the Equality Act, and again, throughout this series, you, you brought me topics that needed attention and said, how can the church respond to them? I shared with you that all lives have value. And when we all gather together as a church, When we we examine ourselves, we can say, God, we have fallen short of your glory. We come to you now, God, and just ask and say, God, we need you. We need you, God, more than ever. Help me to love and not hate. Help me to understand, and and not just maybe understand, but love an individual even when I don't agree with them. Let the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. And when we gather together our hearts and minds, we put everything else aside and call out to the Lord and saying, Lord, I need you. I'm going to ask you at this time to please stand.